Hi, it's Molly. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Excel Books Podcast. I believe you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Excel Books Podcast. This is Molly, your host. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you're having a blessed day, a prosperous day. I hope that things are just going well for you. Um, If you're new to my show, I like to talk about work, family, and life. Uh, You can visit me on the web, find out a little bit more about me and why I do all this at my website at xelbooks.com. And what we're talking about today, this is the conclusion, or at least I believe it's the conclusion, of the Working From Home series. So um, if you've been following along, we've been talking about different aspects of working from home just to kind of help us, you know, in those areas that people don't really talk about. And the topic on the Working From Home I want to talk about today is health. And this comes from a very uh, raw, very sensitive uh, part for me. And I'm going to do everything I can to get through this episode without tears for your benefit. Um, But just be warned if I end up sounding like I'm just wailing and crying, um, know that it is because I am going through. Uh, My grandmother uh, just passed away on Sunday. And this has been really hard for me. Um, she was my last living grandparent and she meant the world to me. And even though I did not spend a lot of time with her, not because I didn't want to, just the dynamics of family and things that went on, um, I did not get to interact with her very often, but the times that I did, they were absolutely priceless to me. Uh, she was a kind woman, a strong woman. Uh, someone who just loved people and loved to feed you and care for you. She's just a wonderful, wonderful person. And um, it's a perfect uh, platform for what I'm talking about with working from home. So one of the things I've learned over the years is that when you're working from home, it's really easy to neglect your health. And you would think it's easier, right? You would think that, okay, I'm at home. I should be able to do everything. I should be able to work out at my desk and take a little walks around the corner and all that kind of stuff. And you would think, oh, well, I'm I'm fine. I'm working from home. But in actuality, if you've been following along in the episodes, you know that it's very easy to work twice as hard when you are working from home. Why? Because people expect more from you. They expect you to be available because you're working from home. They don't expect you to, you know, just have a typical eight to five and be done. They're like, okay, you're working from home. Why can't you work later? Why can't you volunteer? Why can't you do these things after hours? Because you're working from home. You don't have a commute. You don't have to pick up kids. You don't have to drop off kids. You should be fine. You know, they're thinking there should not be an issue. You're hungry, go to your fridge and grab something. You know, there's nothing that should delay it. Um, you can order food to go directly to your doorstep. You know, it's a lot of unspoken uh, expectations with working from home. 
but I have noticed that it is very hard to take care of your health. And I want to talk to you about the health in two aspects from working from home. So the first health aspect I want to talk about is physical. You really want to take into account how your body is impacted working from home. I know you may be thinking, what do you mean impact? I'm not walking back and forth between office rooms. I'm not walking a country mile from the parking lot to the office building. What kind of health would I possibly endure? Uh, just about anything, actually. Um, one thing I've noticed is because I'm on a keyboard all the time, I am constantly typing and clicking and doing things that my hands start to hurt. Um, sometimes my fingers uh, the finger that scrolls on the mouse tends to get sore or cramped or just, you know, some kind of aching. And for the longest time, I thought, ah, it's nothing, you know, I just probably need to stretch it a little bit. But it's more than stretching. This is a health thing that needs to be taken care of. I've also noticed that my back started to feel pain. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was working from home, but I didn't have the best chair. I had some little old rolling chair that I saw somebody throw out at an office building somewhere, and I thought, ooh, free chair. And I grabbed the chair, but because the chair wasn't in its prime as far as functioning and cushioning and all of that kind of thing, I had a lot of back pain because it really wasn't supporting my back. It really wasn't giving me the comfort that I needed. And I was sitting at this desk for hours and hours, and my back was just hurting. And on top of that, uh, the chair was just too small for me. And, and I'm being transparent on this part because I know there's somebody listening that probably needs to hear this, but you, no one's talked to you this real before. If you know you're a little extra fluffy, and when I say a little extra fluffy, like you got a little, you got some extra cushion in the thighs and the back and all those kind of things you may need a different kind of chair to support your back health and your physical health. And this is not a shame thing. This is not an embarrassment. This is not, oh my gosh, I shouldn't need a special chair because I'm uh, overweight, as they tell me, or I got a few extra pounds. This has nothing to do with how anybody else sees it. You know, and I'm going to say this in love. Forget what everybody else thinks. Who cares? This is about you and your body because your body needs to last for a long time. If you want to live to be 100 years old, you need to take care of your body in every time you get a chance to. I learned this the hard way. I was sitting in this chair. It was too small. It was squeezing my hips. I was having sciatica pain uh, in my leg because, and I didn't know the sciatica was actually coming from the chair I was sitting in and the fact that when I was driving, the seatbelt was literally, uh, the seatbelt buckle was digging into my, my leg. So I thought I just had this uncurable case of sciatica and, you know, needed all these medications. And I was like, no, I need a different chair. <laughs> you know, something that simple working from home helped. And fortunately, my dad was kind enough to get me this uh, top of the line chair that uh, you know, like a gaming chair, but it was wider and it was more adjustable and it had good back support and a neck pillow and things to elevate your feet, you know, everything to help me be comfortable so that I'm not hurting. 
and it made a huge, huge difference. Now, my back was not the only thing that I noticed was having trouble. Physically, I was having trouble with my neck as well. I thought the back issue was just my chair, and the chair really did help me. But I noticed I was still having like, you know, tense, sore shoulders at the end of the day. And truth be told, I really underestimated the shoulder pain I was having. I thought it was just from tension, right? So if you've worked from home, you know that, you know, you're going to have people calling you, wanting you to do online Zoom meetings. You've got pressure from the boss saying, hey, do this, do that. And it is really, really easy to think, okay, my shoulders are tense because I'm just stressed. And they could very well be tight because you're stressed, but they could also be tight from strain because you're not aligned correctly. And so, and I know you've heard this before, especially if you've worked in a corporate office, you're like, okay, I know, you know, ergonomics, you know, sit up straight, you know, align your monitor, you know, at eye level height and all that. But if you've never heard of it, um, this is important for you to do. I actually learned that I needed my monitors a lot higher than I thought. I thought, okay, well, it's a big monitor. I've stretched it up as high as it can go. I put my chair as low as it can go, so I'm good. And that was not the case. I put my chair as low as it could go, but I started feeling just slight little strains in my knees. I thought, okay, my seat needs to come up. And then I thought, okay, my monitor is as high as it will go, but I'm still having this neck pain. I actually had to get, and I don't know the name of it, so I apologize for this, but they have a a device that you can actually use. The, it's like a lift, like a, a computer monitor lift, where you can sit your monitor on it and you push this button and it will go all the way up to standing level if you want. And it's really helpful. I've actually been using this for the past couple of months. And oh my gosh, what a difference it made. When I feel like I'm hunching over, I lift this up and it forces me to sit up straight and look at the monitor correctly. I notice if I can still hunch and see comfortably, then that means that it's too low. And this has allowed me to adjust based on how I'm feeling. And I like this a little bit better than the standard um, computer monitor, you know, like most people get a riser. If you're listening, like what the heck is a riser? It's pretty much like, like a little piece of wood that's, you know, up like a little shelf that you could sit your monitor on. That's a riser. Well, I have this mechanical riser that I can adjust now. And it's made a huge difference because the, the stationary riser it elevated, but it didn't take into account days that I'm not feeling well. For example, you know, if you if you have struggles with health and you wake up one day and you feel great and then the next day you feel horrible um, and you just really can't even sit up straight, you know, because of, you know, all kinds of issues, you might want the mechanical riser. That way you can adjust the height of your monitor based on how you're feeling that day. And that's literally what I do. Some days I feel great and I'm like, I could sit up straight. I can wear the posture support thing. I can, I can do this. And then there are other days where I'm like, it hurts. It took everything in me just to get in the chair. I just want to lean back with my pillows and I'll adjust the monitor that way. Those are some really good things to help you keep your physical health 
while working from home. You also want to take into consideration your eyes. And, oh, I can't tell you how many people miss this and don't do this. People underestimate how much work your eyes go through on a computer all day. So I want you to do the math. You know, for kids in school, they recommend no more than three and a half hours of computer screen time a day. That's a recommendation for kids. You're working from home, you're on that computer screen for eight to 10 hours a day, sometimes longer. You've gotta take care of your eyes. Now, I have 20-20 vision, but my goal is to keep 20-20 vision, right? I want to be like 95 years old with 20-20 vision and optimal health. So to do that, I protect my eyes. So what I did, because I didn't want to go through the battle of trying to go to the doctor, get a referral to an optometrist, ask them about stuff, they don't think you need glasses, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, I just need to protect my eyes so that I keep my vision when I'm older. So you know what I did? I went to Amazon. I went to Amazon, which is my favorite place to shop in the whole wide world. Um, no other store needs to exist <laughs> other than food places, I guess. Um, but I went to Amazon and I got something called blue light glasses. Now, there are blue light, ANSI glare glasses. They also have a yellow light version. So if you're you're like, you don't like the idea of it kind of filtering blue, you can get the yellow. Um, I will also say the the quality of the glasses will depend on what you see through those glasses. What do I mean by that? I have had yellow light glasses before yellow lens, which is pretty much their way of saying they're going to filter all unnatural light through that lens and kind of soften it so that your eyes don't strain as much. When I had the yellow light glasses, everything kind of had this yellow haze to it. And I didn't like that. I want to feel like everything looks normal. Um, so then I went to the blue light glasses. And I've noticed that every glass, uh, every pair of glasses is not made the same. And you may need to try different brands to find what works for you. If I went to a regular store like a Walgreens or something and bought blue light glasses, it has this blue haze to it. I don't like that. It, I want it to filter the unnatural light out, but I don't want to see blue. I want to see if the if the monitor is white, I want to see white. Um, I want to see what the true color is. So I finally stumbled upon these glasses, and I'm going to put all of this in the description of today's episode. So if you're listening and you're like, Molly, I want to know, what's the name of that riser you got? What's the name of those glasses that you got? Where, you know, where'd you get this stuff? I'm going to put links to that in the description of today's recording. Um, but I got these blue light glasses and they do have them for 2020 vision. So if you're listening and you say, hey, I don't have a vision problem. I just want to be safe. They do have 2020 blue light glasses and you can, um, they're called computer glasses. So you can look it up on Amazon, 2020 uh, computer glasses, and they have all kinds of uh, options for you. Very stylish ones, clear ones, uh, things that look just like you went to the eye store, and you can get all of it, you know, shipped to your home. I like the pack of two. Uh, Benici is my favorite brand. Um, they even come with these little cases. Um, and when I say Benici, it's B-E-N-I-C-C-I. -C -C -I. Really, really nice. 
they come, they're very stylish. They have uh, all clear versions. They come with a little cloth for you to clean the glasses, a little case to keep it protected. Like they, they really go all out to make sure that you have uh, a good quality experience with your glasses. And I actually had a surprising physical health benefit after using these glasses. You wanna know what that is? I know you wanna know. Um, inquiring minds are like, Molly, tell us all. Um, I actually used to have chronic daily migraines at work. And I'm not exaggerating. I don't mean like once in a while or every other day. I mean every day my head hurt looking at the computer. And I didn't think that it had anything to do with my eyes. I thought it was all stress. I thought it was just, oh, I just have chronic migraines. And one day I was at work, and I'm telling you it's tail here. I was at a nonprofit company. I worked for a nonprofit years ago, and I had just the worst headache. And I, I looked up one day, I just got tired, and I said, is there any way to get these migraines to stop? And I noticed something different when I walked past the IT department. The IT department doesn't keep lights on. If you ever notice this, if you ever work in a corporate environment and you work in the office building, check out the IT department. You don't have to talk to anybody, uh, but just kind of walk by and see the difference. The biggest difference I notice is they always have the lights off. They don't keep those overhead lights on. They normally have their computer screen dimmed a little bit. And uh, of course they always have like the whole world with them. They're casually dressed, have their own little mini fridge, all that kind of stuff around. But they always have the lights off. And one day I went and I asked someone and I said, hey, why are the lights off in your area? They said, oh, it's not good for your eyes. I was like, what do you mean? They said, it's not good for your eyes. You have this artificial light that is beaming down you got light coming down from the top. You got light coming in from in front of you, not to mention any other side lights coming in as well. All that is like attacking your eyes. And he said, we're on computers like sometimes 18 hours a day. We can't afford for our eyes to be strained like that. We turn them off. Um, and that's like a standard and it keeps things easier for your eyes. I thought, really? So the first thing I did when I was in this... Um, nonprofit was I called the maintenance and I said, could you disconnect the light that's above my cubicle? Not anybody else's, don't want to impact anybody else's workday, just take the light off of my area. And when they took the light off, I lied to you not. It was like an hour later, I was like, oh my gosh, my head doesn't hurt. I don't feel as tired. Oh my gosh, I feel like I have more energy. My physical health was being impacted by all the lights around me. And then I got later on down the road, I got these Benici um, computer glasses from Amazon and it helped a lot. Like I noticed that I'm not squinting. I didn't even know I was squinting until I got the glasses. So I say that to say this, if you are looking for ways to improve your physical health while working from home, take into consideration what you're doing with your eyes uh, how you're caring for your hands. I actually use, um, I'm going to say this for all my mouse scrollers. I keep, um, at Amazon, there's these little finger compression sleeves. 
They're itty bitty little things. They're like not even the size of half of your pinky. And, you know, they're, they're black and they're fabric. You can wash them and you just slide them over your finger. And I'm telling you, it provides so much comfort and uh, support to my fingers that I go from having pain to, oh, this is okay. I can scroll all day now because I'm providing compression to my hand. Um, and you might want to think about compression hand gloves. And then you're like, Molly, really? Yes, because you're at home, you're working on this computer. You're constantly using your hands, constantly stretching them and clicking and typing and they're staying in this position all the time. But when you compress them, it takes some of the pressure off of it. It kind of soothes it and kind of keeps the, the muscles where they need to be, uh, keeps the blood circulating in there and you have less pain. I noticed the days that I had pain with my hands are the days that I did not compress and I didn't put my little finger sleeve on to protect when I'm using the mouse. So just a recap on the physical health side, some things you can do to survive working from home and you know really help your longevity in life is to get some um, computer glasses to protect you from these lights. Maybe turn the light off that's above your head or position your desk to where the, the hanging light from your room is not directly above your eyesight. You know, play with the, uh, the dimmer settings on your computer. You might need to just make it a little less bright um, or maybe make it brighter if it's too dim and you can't see. Um, you know, get some compression gloves for your hands or compression sleeve for your fingers. You know, get the right chair. Make sure you've got the right chair and have a footrest. Oh my goodness, footrests are like heaven. You need a footrest in your life. I'm just going to say you need a footrest in your life. Um, and those are just some ways to physically help yourself stay healthy working from home. We're going to take a really short break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk to you about some mental health uh, things that you can do to help yourself while you're working from home. All right, welcome back from our very short break. Um, thank you for returning. I want to end this episode by talking about the other portion of health, or I, I dare say should be your primary portion of health. Um, I want to talk to you about your, your mental health, your mental health working from home. And this is an area that, you know, if you watch TV or, or, or anything, you'll see that mental health and therapy is um, becoming more and more necessary, especially in light of the pandemic and what people have been going through. The power of counseling and therapy is absolutely priceless. But I want to talk to you about your mental health in more than just the aspect of getting therapy. When you're working from home, especially because there's a lot more demand for you because you're at home, you really want to, how can I say it? You want to take into consideration burnout. Burnout can happen in the blink of an eye and it is subtle and it happens without people realizing it. Burnout can happen with just a stressful day at work. It can happen in the moment. You can actually be burnt out 
and not realize it until weeks later. And one of the ways you can tell is from looking at your, your vitals, your vital signs. So if you're like, what the heck is a vital? Um, vitals are pretty much those medical measurements, the things that you do to see how you are on the inside, things like your blood pressure, your sugar levels, your oxygen stat, your pulse, you know, vital signs. And, you know, like many of you, uh, during the pandemic and really before the pandemic, I had my own instruments at home for capturing vitals. I have my own blood pressure cuff. I have my own uh, O2 stat monitor. I have my own uh, pulse monitor. I actually have a cool little device that helps you uh, check your heart rate and see if you're at risk for things like um, arrhythmia, you know, or, or heart murmurs, you know, it just kind of identifies it for you. Um, have my thermometers, you know, I have all these different things to help me identify how I'm doing physically. I want to challenge you if you're working from home, especially after a stressful day, check your blood pressure, get a little blood pressure cuff. You can get them online at Amazon or Walgreens or CVS or wherever's close to you and get the blood pressure cuff, keep it at your desk. And after you've had like a really stressful moment at work where you're like, oh my gosh, everything is just going crazy, check your pressure. You'd be surprised at what's going on. It's really easy to look at it and just say, oh, my mental state is a little frazzled, but I'm physically fine. You may not be fine. You may be having a, a symptom of burnout. Your blood pressure raising is a symptom that you're getting close to burnout, especially if it's raising as a result of constant stressful meetings and things at work. Now, the solution is not quitting your job. I just want to put that out there. Um, it's very tempting to say, oh my gosh, my job is stressing me. I'm going to quit and find somewhere where there's less stressful. Newsflash for you. There's stress everywhere. There is no place to avoid stress. It does not exist on this physical earth. Now, when you get to heaven, that's a whole different story. There's no stress up there. There's no drama. There's no stressful meetings. None of that. It's just heaven and dancing on clouds and eating gluten-free donuts for, you know, for eternity. But um, you want to think about those things on the earth. So think about your blood pressure and how it's responding to your mental status. So I end up having these issues sometimes where I'm at work and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize I was having burnout until one day I had been at probably my, it had been six months since I started a new position at my company and there had been a lot of drama going on. It had been getting worse and worse and worse. And one day I literally like, you know, got one more message where they're like, okay, change this, change this, change that. And I broke down. I said, I can't, I just can't do it. I just, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't, I just, I give up. And my team who knows me as normally a bubbly, positive, you know, happy person to work with, I had, I was no longer that bubbly me. I was no longer the happy, like, okay, we can do it. You know, nothing. I was just like, I don't care. And that was a signal to everybody else. Now, I didn't realize I was burnt out. I thought I was just stressed. But when they talked to me, like, you know, my boss reached out to me one-on-one just to say, are you okay? 
And that one question, are you okay? Three little words, I bursted into tears. And I was like, oh my gosh, why am I crying? I was beyond stressful. Like I was so stressed. My blood pressure had gone through the roof. It was, I forget what it was, 150 something over 100 something, something just wrong. Um, just whatever it was, it was not what the pleasure should have been. And I was like, I didn't real, I didn't realize I was that stressed. And I said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. I said, they said, you're burnt out. I've recognized the burnout for like two months now. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, you're burnt out. Even if you don't say you're burnt out, I know you're burnt out. You're doing all these things, da, 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 da. And they were calling out things that they observed that I didn't notice because I was just so busy making things happen. So my first tip to you is use your circle. Your circle doesn't always have to be people outside of work. And I get it. Everyone doesn't have a great boss. I get that. But there's a coworker or a, a, someone in another department. There's somebody in the company that you get along with. Find that person and once in a blue moon just say, hey, uh, if you ever notice that I look like I'm burnt out or I'm not being my normal self, could you say something to me about it? I'm trying to make sure I don't get burnt out and I'm not confident that I can identify it on my own. You know, people want to help you. That's something easy they can do. That's something easy where they just see you and they're like, hey, you're not really your happy you. Are you okay? And then you can say, oh no, I'm fine. I just had a rough morning or whatever. But that's a way to help you not be burnt out. Another aspect of the mental health, and this is where it gets sensitive, okay, Um, is really asking for help in your darkest moments, allowing yourself time to process. Um, As I mentioned in the beginning of the recording, and I'm going to try my best to get through this without tears, um, my grandmother just passed away. And she was very, very dear to me. And what I noticed in the midst of it was I was trying to treat the process like it was one of those anticipatory griefs. Um, anticipatory meaning we knew her death was coming. We just didn't know when. And we had done everything in our power to help her. And now all we could do was just watch and wait. So... I had been going through the anticipatory side of this for about two and a half weeks. Almost, well, I take that back about, yeah, two and a half weeks um, where I just watched her struggling, you know, um, just going through emergency surgery and getting COVID and um, just all kinds of things going on that were impacting her ability to live. And I lived far away. And when I say far away, for me, it's like four hours away. So that's far enough, in my opinion. Um, I know that some people, they're like, oh, that's nothing. Just hop up the road and be there by lunchtime. I'm like, well, that's great for you. Physically, I have challenges. Um, So I can't just get up at the drop of a dime and say we're just driving today. Um, I have to really plan and think things out. Um, On top of that, I was dealing with my own physical challenges. So if you've been following along, you know that a a month ago, a little over a month ago, I was hit by a drunk driver and my body has been struggling to recover ever since. 
I'm getting better, but it is it is slow. It's hard. Um, some days are better than others. And it finally got to a point where I said, you know what, I'm going to have to get a handicap marker. Um, not because I'm trying to be lazy, but because I'm like, you know what, it is too much for me to be physically walking a country mile from a parking lot to a store. By the time I get in there, I need a rest break. And I was like, I need to get myself some help on top of that, you know, and I'm just painting the picture so you can understand where this all fit in with working from home. On top of that, I don't have a kneecap in one of my legs. Um, and I think I mentioned this to you in another episode because it, it just, it's an everyday reminder for me. So it comes up in my mind. I lost my kneecap six years ago to another driver who was drinking. So they hit me head on, totaled my car, took out my knee. And then I got hit by this other drunk driver, you know, six weeks ago. Um, and now my ankle's hurting, back's hurting, and all this other stuff is hurting. And so I was dealing with my own physical pain, trying to make progress to get things such as a handicap marker, make things easier for myself, trying to budget. And then I'm dealing with grieving over my grandma before she'd even passed. I just, I felt the grief happening. Like I was just going through all of the stages of it before she even left home. And... I noticed that I was being really short and snappy with my coworkers. Mentally, I just couldn't process anything that they wanted me to do. Um, if they asked a question, I was like, I don't care. And when a video, I'm like, here, here's a video on how to do it. Watch the video out of time. Like I was just grumpy and I was having mental health challenges because of all the things I was trying to process. And it wasn't until my, my boss, my other boss, uh, you know, did a virtual call with me and said, um, are you okay? What's wrong? And I said, is it the accident? Is it the pain? You know, what is it? And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. But then I started talking about my grandma, what they were going through. And what was interesting was I never would have said what was happening before. And I'm mentioning this because I know there are some of you listening that are thinking, oh, that's none of their business. Work doesn't need to know about all these things, et cetera, et cetera. And I get that. I totally get that. I'm a very private person when it comes to certain things. And there are some details that I will never share uh, on the air just because I'm very, very conservative. But there is a benefit to giving how can I put it, at least giving a synopsis of what you're dealing with to your leader. Because your leader doesn't know you're struggling outside of a normal day-to-day stress if you don't tell them. Now, we get that, you know, there's, you know, home stress and work stress, but if you don't give them a clue of, hey, I'm dealing with a lot right now, like a lot, and I'm having trouble giving you my best at work because I can't seem to focus on anything other than what I'm going through. That gives your boss a chance to try to do something to help. And this was this was really hard for me. I'm telling you something that I've had to do freshly 
within the past seven days. So this is not something I mastered and did years ago. This is not something that I'm like, oh yeah, I did this and I learned from mistakes. No, I'm literally living this. And I did that. I, I spoke to my, my other boss and I spoke to my regular boss and I said, hey, I'm dealing with a lot. I'm just not mentally at my best. Um, mental health wise, I'm, I'm beyond drained. And what was great was my boss looked at that and said, okay, great. I can do something about that. What can I do? And I was like, I, I don't know. They said, what do you need time off? Do you need, um, us to take on a workload for you? What can we do? And what I love was my boss took it as an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to, um, I said, here, just check in with me every day. Tell me what you need. I'm not going to expect you to be here at 100% for a while. I'm going to expect you to log on when you can. I'm going to expect you to try to do the best that you can. But I'm not expecting you to uh, ace everything or, or anything like that. I expect you to say, hey, mentally, I can't today. And that's okay. She said, don't worry about it. You know, you happen to be in a really good position where you're okay to do that. You know, you've got PTO, you've got bereavement, you've got different things you can play with. You have options at your disposal. Um, mental health wise, I was afraid to say that I needed time off. And I'm saying this because I know there's some of you saying, but I just got this work at home job and I don't want to lose it. And I don't want to, you know, be at risk of, you know, them thinking less of me or whatever. I get all of that. I, I had the exact same fears and I was like, I literally told my boss that. I said, I don't want you to think that I can't give you my best. I don't want you guys to second guess me doing what I need to do. I don't want you to second guess me in this position because I can do it. Um, I said, but I'm afraid that if I take time off that you're going to think that I don't, I'm not needed anymore. Or that I'm going to risk losing my job for taking a few days off to try to process what's happening. And I said, no, that is not why people lose jobs. And and especially not you with the work ethic. Now, for, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm saying this out of love. If you know you're the kind of employee that your company would be happy if you left, you need to think twice. I'm not saying you shouldn't say, hey, I'm going through something. But you got to think twice about just saying, yeah, I need to take a few days off. You need to think twice about that if you're not an excellent employee. I did an episode weeks back about being a person of excellence. I highly recommend going back and listening to that. Um, but you want to think about that because if you don't have equity with the people you're working with, if you don't have a reputation of being reliable and hardworking and a team player and really thinking about the company first, if you don't have that kind of reputation, they're going to look at you like, you want a couple days off? They're like, how about take the rest of your time off? Like, how about not come back? You want to think about those things. Now, I just happen to be in a position where I really, I, I try to give my best every single day. Even when I don't feel like it, I give my best. If I'm sick, I am still working. Um, the only time I am not working is if I literally can't get up because I'm on sleepy medication and I can't see straight. 
other than that, like, I mean, fever, I'm working. You know, that's just the kind of person that I am. So for my company, they're like, okay, no problem. What can we do to support you? Like, I had leaders, like, what can we do? I was like, you know, right now I just need, I think I just need a, a moment. I said, can I have the flexibility to just kind of be intermittent for a few days? Like, I'm definitely not going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to leave work completely unfinished. I just want the flexibility to say, you know what? I just need to get up and go. And they said, not a problem. So that's what I did. I literally just got up and, and I would work. And when I felt myself emotionally being drained, then I would take time off. When I felt myself like, wanting to pass out like okay if I see one more person say I'm sorry for your loss I'm sorry for your going through and I knew that was going to make me cry I would say okay I need to log off I need to log off um and I would tell my boss before I did that and I would I would send them a message hey I need to log off hey I need to take a break hey I need to go do this and it helped it helped tremendously and it also helped because they set the expectation with the other leaders and, and uh, partners to say, hey, you know, Molly may not be at her best this week. She's going through something heavy. We won't share details unless she allows us to. But please note that she may not be available for any meetings that you set. She's going through. And I said, OK. Um, and so I did that. I did just that. And it it helped tremendously um it allowed me to process now let me also say this on the mental health working from home side do not be afraid to see the doctor for your mental health and i'm saying this because you don't know how deep the challenge is that you're experience, experiencing you don't know how much it's affecting you until a professional looks at you and they're like, yeah, you are going through major depression or whatever it is. And it may be that you don't have depression or anything. It may just be that, hey, what you're dealing with is heavy. You don't have major depression, but right now you're in a state that you don't need to take on anything else. Like you need to take a day um, and don't do anything. You know, sometimes you need a professional who has a neutral standpoint who can look at you from a fact-based perspective and say, hey, this is too much for you. Take some time off. Or this is too much for you. Go spend time with family or whatever it is. Um, I love getting mental health. I absolutely love it. I'm a huge fan. I've been getting therapy for years. Uh, therapy since I was 17 years old. You know, I just believe that therapy is needed. And... I saw my therapist. I actually saw my therapist twice during that anticipatory grief period. I actually called the day of, the day that I got the news uh, that they were on their way out the door. Like, I called and I said, I need an appointment today. I said, I don't care what time it is or who I have to see. I need an appointment today. Even if I have to go to another location, I need help. I'm freaking out. I am mentally just not there. Help me. And you know what? They made time. They made time. They're like, hey, therapist can see you today at like one. Great. I'm on the first thing moving. 
um, it made a difference. It also makes a difference, I'll say, to tell the people around you when you're having mental struggles working from home. So like I said, I was working from home and to everybody else, they're like, you should be fine because you're here and you can do what you need to do. I wasn't fine. I just wasn't fine. I was working from home and I was in tears half the time. I was typing and not remembering what I was typing for because I was so emotional. Um, I saw my therapist and it helped, but I still felt horrible afterwards. And I literally went to my husband and went to my spiritual parents and I said, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I don't know what I need. I just know that I'm not okay. And I don't want to be alone. That's all I can think of. That's all I've got. And that was enough. That vulnerable, that vulnerability allowed me to get some healing. You know, so by my hubby recognizing that, hey, my wife needs my support. He's made sure to stay close nearby, to not be too far from me, to allow me to have his support at every turn. Um, Where I literally was like, I looked at him and I said, I physically can't drive the car to pick up my own medication. I said, I am still freaking out from the accident I was in. I'm still freaking out from the grieving that I'm going through. Not to mention the fact that I don't have a kneecap. And there are days where my knee just hurts too bad and I don't want to drive. Um, that vulnerability helps you to heal your mind. If your mind is not sound, you can't give your job your best. You just can't. You've got to take care of you. You absolutely have to. Now, I'll say this last part, which kind of goes into physical health a little bit, but I'm saying it so that you know why I put this link in the description today. Make sure you see a doctor. Now, I know that we've been talking about physical health and mental health, and some of you listening are like, that's great, but I don't have insurance, so I can't see a doctor. I get it. I totally get it. Um, 2019, I had no doctor because I had no insurance. I had nothing. And even with Medicaid, there were co-pays and stuff, and I was like, I have nothing. So I didn't have a lot of care at that time. But I've noticed that even with insurance, there are times when I need care and I just don't want to get up and leave my house. And I'm talking to the people that have been through depression, and I may do a whole episode on that at a later date. But if you're one of those people that says, I want to see a doctor, but I don't have insurance, and the last thing you want to do is drive around town, especially with these high gas prices, right? you know, four or five dollars a gallon and some higher, depending on what state you're in. And you may be thinking the last thing I want to do is drive back and forth to a doctor's office to pick up prescriptions and stuff. You're like, I just want to see a doctor and be done with it. I want to really encourage you to visit Plush Care. Plush Care is a online, and no, I'm not a spokesperson for them. <laughs> I'm just a patient or a customer, whatever you want to call me. Um, but it's an online doctor platform where you can say at any moment, I need to see a doctor. And you can say what it is. I need to see a doctor for this, for that, for that, my blood pressure, whatever. Um, and they will give you a list of doctors that are available, what time they're available. 
And I mean, when I tell you these doctors are available all the time, I mean, they're available sometimes two in the morning. Um, Whatever time you need to be seen is when they are available to see you. And what's great is they can get you referred out and say, hey, I'm going to treat you for this. I'm going to put a prescription where you want to get your medicines. Um, And then we can have those things, like if they need to test or stuff, they'll send you a referral to a lab or something and say, here, get this tested, get that tested, you know, do what you got to do. And for me, this has been really great, especially when I'm feeling my worst. Because when you're not feeling your best mentally or physically, you know, you may not be able to drive. And when you're mentally not feeling well, it may take everything in you just to say, I need help. And plush care is a great way to do it. What's great about plush care is you don't have to have insurance to be seen. You pay the membership fee. So they have like a membership fee of like $15 a month. And you can see doctors whenever you want to and as many times as you want to. Um, if you have insurance, it's a copay. But if you don't have insurance, you can pay for it straight out of pocket right there and get the quality care. And these are not nurses. These are quality, like, certified doctors with experience and all that. And they will see you and say, hey, this is what you need, blah, 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 blah. And then you're done. So I highly recommend that. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, I don't have health care, I don't have this, that is a way to get started today and get health care. And then I will say this last part is there's a great company out there that I'm going to mention uh, called Go Health, G-O-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. If you go there on their website, they actually have a number where you can call and their entire job is to make sure you get health insurance so that you can get the care you need. So they go through everything, Medicaid, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, you name it. If you're like, I need insurance and this is my budget, they will help you get medical coverage. So, whew, that was a very long message, but health is one of those areas that you don't want to, um, you don't want to speed through. You want to give people quality. So thank you for hanging in there with me. I hope you got something out of this health episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Until next time, be blessed, be prosperous, and I will talk with you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Excel Books Podcast with Molly. You can find more helpful resources and services at xclbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send us a message at xelbooks.com or email xelbooks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more tips on work, family, and life.